Hey there, Wolfpack fans. It's me again, Kenton Gibbs, bringing you another episode of Locked on Wolfpack. And today's episode is brought to you by the great folks over at LinkedIn Jobs. I'd like to thank them for being the college football recruiting sponsor across the Locked on College Network. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash Locked on College. Terms and conditions do apply. Now, folks, you know who I love to see? on LinkedIn jobs, applying for somewhere else to work. You know who I'd love to see that from at this point in time? Uh, a young man or an, a middle-aged man by the name of Tim Beck. I am sorry to, to, to have to do this, but I'm going to look forward to Florida State going forward for the rest of the week, right? Um, Tuesday through Friday, we'll talk Florida State. But for right now, I've had to come down. I've had to, you know, watch the film and and see and, and you know, have a basically process everything that happened, but then watch the film, see what happened, how it happened, all that good stuff, okay? I've had to do that. And this is much, much worse of a performance from our offensive coordinator than I originally believed. Much worse, much, much worse than I originally believed. And I am I am disappointed to say the least. I am disappointed to say the least. And don't get me wrong, right? In the 30-20 loss, there is, of course, some culpability on the defense. There's, of course, some moments. But I'm going to talk about the game and talk about why I'm so disappointed with Beck. Talk about why I'm so disappointed with everything that happened on today's episode of Locked on Wolfpack. Our Locked On Wolfpack, your daily podcast on the NC State Wolfpack, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Folks, my problem here is, is pretty simple, and it's, it's my problem with what happened offensively is pretty simple. And this is going to take up a majority of the episode. Me talking about this offense and what happened going to take up a majority of the episode. Devin Leary was playing and flinging the ball around like the Devin Leary from last year. Okay. And so with that being said, it was disappointing to say the least to see the job that we did of putting him and this offense in positions to succeed. Okay. One of the the biggest play of the game offensively for NC State was a deep ball down the sideline to Devin Carter off play action, um, or I'm I'm not sure if it was off. I believe it was off play action, but I know for a fact they kept more than five in the block. I know that as sure as the sun rises on the east and sets on the west, I know that they kept more than five in the block because they talked about it. On the broadcast, they talked about the fact that Jordan Houston had a huge uh, blitz pickup that allowed that play to become what it was. Now, here is my problem. Here is where this is, is upsetting for me. We know that copyrights and patents and all that stuff exist in the world, right? We know that 
when when there is something that somebody does well and it's exclusive and unique to a specific market or or really people in general, they want to keep that secret in for themselves. Unfortunately, in the world of football, or rather fortunately, that can't happen. We look at Wake Forest, make Clemson's defense not only look mortal, but look bad, honestly. Look bad. The defense looked bad. We saw injuries and ejections in that secondary, and we didn't go with the recipe that worked for Wake Forest. I'm confused. I don't understand it. Wake Forest now RPO scheme has it. It is a de facto max protect scheme nine times out of ten. Because if you look at what a um, if you look at what a a RPO is, you've got most of the guys on the line of scrimmage blocking, and nine times out of ten, well, not nine times out of ten, but a good chunk of the time, the tight end is going to be included in that blocking scheme or in those blocking schemes, and you're going to have to find some receivers deep and all that good stuff. I. I don't understand why we're going empty. I don't understand why we are splitting out Demi Sumo and Chris Tootle. I don't understand it. I don't. Because again, if we look at what had happened, if we look at what has had success against this defense, you're looking at a very particular thing. What they do best is rush the passer. Bar none. Bar none. That is what they do better than anything else. That's what they do. This defensive line, regardless of what parts of this team you feel like look good, look bad, whatever the case may be, they rush the quarterback better than anybody else. And yes, Brian Brissy was out. He's the heart and soul of that pass rush to an extent. But still, they've got a bunch of guys that are not going to be waiting in that green room for long up front. On the back end, however, they're out there playing with backups, replacements, true freshmen. Why are you not giving the defensive line more attention and saying, hey, listen, Thayer, hey, listen, Keon, hey, listen, Devin, hey, listen, Porter, we're going to fling this ball around the yard all night long. All night long. And guess what? Y'all tight ends and backs, I'm sorry. Y'all are going to have to stay in and block a lot. Y'all are going to have to help. That, to me, that, to me, is the biggest problem. And we'll get to the numbers. We'll get to the numbers later. We will. I'll, I'll talk to you all about the numbers and how all that shook out in a bit. But before we get there, I have got to talk about these things because I... I am very genuinely confused as to what we saw, as to what had happened in this game to some extent in terms of uh, just deciding to go away from what works, from what's proven, from what this team has been shown to struggle with. I am very confused by that. I am very confused by that. To see a situation where we have, we we got the ball. We tied the game up to in the first quarter to see a situation where we take a 10 to six lead and, and we allow with basically a minute and 40 some odd seconds left. 
We allow Clemson to drive the length of the field because we refuse to blitz, because we we stop doing the things that we are we're having success with so far. It's confusing. It's confusing. And the other part is because the corners had played so well, and yes, there was a phantom DPI against Pitts, sure. Yeah, absolutely. But because the corners were playing so well, and because I have not seen these um because I have not seen these Clemson receivers or pass catchers absolutely scare me or terrify me into saying, we can't one-on-one cover that guy. We've got nothing for him. There is nothing we can do. I am okay with saying, hey, send the dogs. Corners, you're on an island all night, baby. You're on an island all night, baby. It's, you got to make this thing work. You got to make it happen. It's incumbent upon you to make this thing, you know, you got to show up and do some good stuff. And trust me, I believe that we're going to get home fast enough to where, hey, if, if they hit us with a double move and, and DJ can hit those deep balls off a double move, that we'll live with that. We will live with that. If he hits a double move when we're blitzing, we'll live with that. But I want every time a receiver thinks about cutting, I want you on it. Because we saw that there were double moves that they ran that actually popped open. And what happened? What happened on those double moves? Uh, You know what I mean? Incompletions. Because, again, no disrespect to DJ. He beat us. He beat us. We we helped. Trust me. We helped beat beat ourselves there. But he beat us. But if I were to say, well, they they had a double move and, you know, it it worked out and they got open. Are are we afraid of that? No. That's what I thought was going to happen. That is what the belief is. My belief when I'm blitzing you is that you're not going to have enough time to get it off. And even if you do get it off, you're getting off a pressured throw where who knows, my DB may have sat patiently on it, but hey, he may have jumped in. You may have gotten open. I'm okay with that. Every play gives up something. Every play, you're, you're going to be looking in a bad situation at something that the offense does. So to me, this game was one where we just did not put our players in position to win in terms of the coordinators. And with Gibson, that was a little surprising. But even with Gibson, that defense played their hearts out. Offensively, it was just disappointing to say the least. It was a moment that I'm I'm looking at this offense and I'm saying to myself, okay, this isn't the first time that I've looked at Beck and felt like we have lost the game directly directly because of him not getting the job done. And and that's a problem for me. That, again, this offense and, and what was done or what wasn't done, again, it, that is the problem. That's the problem more than anything else. That's just the reality for me. That's just the reality. And if you watch that game and you feel like defense is, is more so the problem, I would like for you to explain it to me in detail. How? I would love for you to explain it to me in detail. But like I said... I would love to see Tim Beck on LinkedIn looking for jobs going forward because that I, I can't take it anymore. I cannot take what he's putting out there anymore. And speaking of LinkedIn, these days, a new potential hire can feel like high stakes wagers for your small business or your college football team. You want to be 100 percent certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn jobs help you find the right people for your team faster and for free. So go to LinkedIn jobs 
because they help you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster, post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. Now, in talking about not being put in position for success, again, we saw what happened when we kept backs in the block and we kept tight ends in the block. But the most disappointing part about this whole thing to me, I talked about this before the game. Trent Penix was out. He's by far best tight end, fullback, H-back type player. You know, that's, and that's okay to say. Chris Tootle is good, sure. He's not Trent. And, um, you know, it's, it to me seemed very clear what the strategy should have been. But again, the numbers bear out in a way that I have not properly articulated yet what this situation should have been in terms of uh, these players, in terms of these players, what's the word I'm looking for? In terms of these players having a, a realistic sense of this is, this is not going to work out well for us. Okay. So when I look at the receiving statistics of all of our running backs and tight ends from this game. Okay. I have a total of seven receptions for, um, for 11, 39 yards. Let me say that again. Seven receptions for 39 yards. I don't, I don't know what else I can tell you. I really don't. I really don't know what else I can tell you. I don't. And I, I mean this. So you keep the wide receiver, you keep the backs and tight ends. Um, you know, you keep the backs and tight ends running routes the entire game instead of keeping them in for protection, which was where in the second half we did our that offensive line unit got, I mean, they got beat like they stole something in that second half. And everybody kept telling me, Belton's young, Belton's young, Belton's young. It's so interesting. I had this exact same conversation with one of our offensive linemen back when I played at State. And, you know, he was talking to me about how he was uh, younger and, and you know, um, that's why there were certain things that were happening and all that good stuff. And this is this is way back. Again, this is way back when I played. And I was not I was not a star player. I was not like a, a you know, a guy who um, – would be seen as like, a, oh, yeah, he was definitely a captain of the team or anything like that. I can admit that. But one thing that the conversation that I had with him was, it doesn't matter how old or young you are. If this team is depending on you to play, the defense is not going to stop and say, oh, man, this is just a poor little baby. We're not going to rush him hard. He's a poor little baby. We're, we're just going to give him a little side swipe or spin only so he knows that it's one of those two things and, and he can work on his technique because he's a little baby. It's not how it's going to work. Not how it's going to work. And again, even beyond Belton getting whooped on, when you see, oh, no, he's getting beat pretty badly. Why are we not making an adjustment as an offense about this? Why? Why are we not making an adjustment? Why are we not saying, okay, wait a minute. He is not just they got home with three on the first drive out of the, the out of halftime. And we had five men blocking. 
That's all I needed to know to know, okay, wait a minute. This offensive line needs some help. And even let's take it a step further. The offensive line played very well in the first half to me in terms of pass protection. But let me tell you what I think happened. I've got a theory about what happened in that locker room at halftime. I'm willing to bet dollars to donuts. There was somebody in that Clemson locker room. I'm willing to bet. Either it was Dabo or a defensive coordinator, a defensive line coach, or there was somebody, somebody. Maybe it was one of the players. After we got the ball back, 30 seconds left in the half, we got Devin Leary, who specializes in in-the-half, in-the-game situations. 30 seconds and two timeouts. And this is college football now. You got to remember that because in the NFL, it's much harder to move the ball, not even from a talented defensive standpoint, just from a standpoint of if you get tackled in bounds, the clock is still broke. In college, if you get tackled in bounds after a first down, the clock does not start up again until the chains are set, the ball is set, all the things are set. Then the play rolls and you go. 30 seconds, two timeouts. 30 seconds, two timeouts, and we take a knee. Some people say, well, it doesn't matter. That, that wasn't that big of a deal. It was one drive, all that good stuff. Let me explain something to you. And let me explain this as simply as I know how. I have been on teams that people thought were like the Monstars and we were light years better than everybody else, all that type of stuff, okay? I've, I've been on those types of teams. And we have played games where we didn't play like the Monstars. We didn't play like we were light years ahead of everybody else. And there was a time where a team was right up on us, right up on us. They were trailing. I believe it was also by three or four points. But they were trailing a half, and they took a knee to go in a half, same as State did. And my defensive coordinator, love him to death. Now the head coach of Belleville High School up in Michigan. Um, coach Jermaine Crowell, that's my guy. That's, you know, he, again, love him to death. He looked at us and he said, we allowed points off of that sorry unit. We allowed points off a unit that they, this unit knows they don't belong on the field with us. They took their tail and went into halftime, knowing that they were down, knowing that there was enough time to do something. If they really thought they had it like that, they took their tail and went into half. You know why? Because they're afraid of you. They are more afraid of the potential that you're going to make a big play than, the, than they are excited at the prospect of themselves making a big play. And immediately... All of us kind of looked around and we realized he was right. And coming out of half, we did a, a very similar series to what you saw. Our defensive line got after him like nobody's business, like nobody's business. And why? Because we felt emboldened by them taking that knee. You don't think Clemson felt the same thing? Again, I would if, if you disagree with me, if you disagree with me, I will give you one challenge and one challenge only. Show me three plays where the defensive line as a unit in the first half had better rushes, had gotten home as quickly as they did on the first drive out of half. They got home with three against five in the first first 
drive of the second half. That's how I know. That's how I know that that, that was the speech. I, I know it because I've seen that. I've seen that type of play before. Again, if this team wants to be a serious outfit, if this team wants to be a championship outfit, congratulations. These are the types of moments you live for. You've got to play like it. You've got to show up like it. And this is no disrespect to anybody, but our leaders got to lead you. Grant Gibson, snapping fractions, bumbling snaps on a fourth down. What's going on? Tim Beck running screen after screen after screen and, and running it every single first down. If you know that the tendency on you is that you run the ball on first down too much, and we talk about, you know, play action and how that can help you and how that adds in a blocker and all that, why would you not do that on occasion on first down? Yes, we know that when you get ahead of the stick, second and short is shot down territory. Sure, sure. But if you know that the tendency on you is that you're going to run the ball on first, why would you not say, you know what? Let's take a shot on first. Let's get some max protect. Let's take a shot. And let's see what our, our receivers can do. I'm looking at the guys in the huddle and I'm saying, hey, listen, first, first play coming into this next drive. We going deep. We going deep. Never happened. Never happened. Not not at least when the game was within uh, within striking distance. And again, even if we look at the the worst play or one of the worst plays offensively, the interception. Why did that happen? A pass off Chris Tootle's hands. And granted, it was a little behind him or a little to the right of him rather, and he was kind of drifting to the left, and it was a little to the right of him. For sure. Yeah. He was laterally drifting to the left. He had sat down in his own. He's drifting to the left. Devin Leary throws it to the right of him. He tips it off his hands. Clemson gets an interception. But that further furthers my point. And why are we having players who are not big-time playmakers doing those things when we could use them as extra bodies to block? Why? For what reason? And I'm going to tell you this. Clemson's linebackers, I talked about how athletic they are. I talked about how, how they've got the skills. They've, they've got the lateral movement. They're fast. And the thing that they do best, for the most part, is pass coverage. Those linebackers can run with slot receivers. They do it a good amount of time. And if it's not a really good slot receiver, they are going to be on them like wide on rice. So why would we let them do the thing that they do the best, let their defensive line do the thing that they do the best, get one-on-one rushes, and then say, well, darn it, I just can't figure out why we're not moving the ball. Why are we running screens against a team that objectively they don't need to blitz a ton to generate pressure? That's what this new defensive coordinator has figured out. He figured out – the secondary is kind of suspect, and the linebackers can help in pass coverage. We trust these four to get home. So what does that equal? Why would you run screens against that? I'm not understanding. You generally run and run screens against teams who do all those crazy exotic blitzes because everybody's worried about getting home. When in reality, oh, look, there's a bat popping out right behind me. 
Oh, look, that back's got blockers in front of him. Hmm, unfortunate. That's when you run and run the, the, the screens and all that. And even then, if the screens aren't working, go back to what does. Again, it's it's crazy to me that you had the recipe, right? You got the recipe from Wake Forest on how to how to do it. You tried the recipe and it worked for you. Customers were coming in and buying because they saw that the recipe is delicious. And then you said to yourself, all right, great. Now we're going to do our own thing that's uh, completely opposite of that. In what world? In what world does that make sense? In what world? And and this is the last thing I'm going to do. And then I'm going to get into the numbers a little bit before I land this thing, okay? The reality is, even for the defense, this is why I say we came into that playing like a team that was hoping for a, a team that was unranked, hoping for an upset instead of a top 10 team that believed that they belonged in that game and believed they could win that game. Our slow start was like, to me, we had the opportunity. The opportunity was there to take care of Clemson early. It was. Why are we coming after a punt on fourth and four? Defensively, why are we... I said that one of the keys to the game, and I, I regret not doing Kenny's keys because I promise you, I promise you, this would have been another game where all the things I said had to be done, and if they didn't get done, we lose. They were there. But now, in talking about what uh, one of my keys would have been, it would have been get to DJ early. Do not allow him to build confidence. Don't allow him to build confidence. But not only did we allow him to build confidence, we helped a face mask on the first drive. Hmm. A busted coverage where a, a, a throw out to the flats because nobody's in that zone results in a 10, 15 yard. Any quarterback in ACC can make that pass. And then and then going into halftime, even after he's got a little bit of confidence under his belt, but he's not surely, he's not like, oh, I'm the guy, I'm the big dog on block you. To play rush three, drop eight. Why? And yes, that was a terrible call. Shipley fumbled. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Why are we at that point dropping eight? What had Clemson shown to that point out of their pass catchers? That is terrifying. What had they shown? I would love to know. I would love for somebody to tell me, hey, Ken, this is what Clemson showed that to where you say, we don't have the horses in the stable to compete with that. So again, yes, the players could have executed certain things better, surely. However, I'm putting this one at the feet of the coaches. I am. I am because these coaches are not coaching these players as if they had a top 10 team and as if, Going forward, we have a top 15 team, honestly. Because even a top 15 team, I'm not. If my quarterback is the ACC preseason player of the year and I got 30 seconds left in two timeouts and against a shaky secondary, oh, run it up, run it up, run it up. We're going to run something. And I'm going to ask you all, and I'm going to let Wolfpack Nation decide this for yourselves. 
If you were a player on the defense, or actually not on the defense, on the offense, if you're a player on the offense, which one is more demoralizing for you? The coach believes in me. He trusts me to make a play. We couldn't make a play, so we went into halftime. Or the coach thought, we're down three. This is good enough. Let's go into halftime. Which is more demoralizing for you? Because I know which one hurts me the most. I know which one has me like, nah, man, nah, nah. We ain't, really? I know which one has me doing that. Anywho, let me talk to you all about Bet Online. It is your number one source for all your football betting info this season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to BetOnline.net to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. So, like I said, we were going to get to the numbers here and and we were going to talk about um, what happened. And, and first thing first, uh, the first number that jumps out at me is that there were zero sacks by this defense, not one, not a single sack by this defense. That is by our defense. That is very, very troublesome. But even beyond that, um, if I'm looking at Clemson's defensive line and talking about what chaos they did or did not cause, this is another reason why I say the first half, we should have taken more shots because um, as much as we look at Clemson's defensive line and talk about how they wrecked the game in the second half, they didn't do that in the first half, number one. And number two, they only had a total of three sacks on the game, Um, five pressures. Like, what are we doing here? Why are we not being a serious outfit and deciding, hey, we need to negate what they do best and make uh, Makuba and company beat us. And make the corners beat us and make that if if you tell me, hey, a year, if we're going to lose, we're going to lose because Toriano pride was that good. I'm all right with that. Hey, I'm all right with that. I'm OK with that. If, if you're going to say, you know, we packed it in tight. We only ran uh, two to three guys on routes. But, hey, we did what we had to do. We did what we thought was best to negate what they do best. And we still couldn't get it done. I'm OK with that. I'm okay with that. But to watch another team do that exact thing, put up 40 points, and then for you to say, well, let's just try something different and have it not work out, despite trying what that other team did and it working for you, I have no sympathy for you because you went away from what worked. You went away from the proven plan, the proven strategy. You went away from it. You went away from it. I was asked on the podcast where I was um, where I was a guest host. It was, it's a toughy talk uh, there. Trust me. They great guys over there. Layton was a uh, manager for the team back when I played. And, and they, those are some Wolfpack fans that care about this program through and through die hard. And they asked me, how did I feel about fans calling for uh, Tim Beck's job? I didn't care. I mean, I, and that's the truth. That's the truth to me. Your job as a coordinator is to put your team in position for success. How is running a running back pass in the red zone with a third string running back? How is that putting your team in a position for success? 
a play that was almost picked off, by the way. How is making it seem as though your backs just have to be out? I can understand if you have some dynamic, just some like when they're in the open field, if they, when they touch the ball, if they're even, they're leaving type of backs. Hey, I ain't going to argue with you on that one. Hey, you do what you got to do. We don't have that. Demi looked banged up. Jordan ran the ball fairly, fairly, uh, fairly well. You know, he, he did. But even still, I'm not willing to sit here and say, hmm, these guys, these guys and their potential to get open is more important to me than their ability as potential blockers, as potential pass protectors. I just wouldn't. Because we saw, again, the big play, Kirk Herbstreit literally said Jordan Houston did an excellent job picking up the blitz. Mr. Beck, if Johnny has five apples, okay, and you take away three of them, how many do you have left? Because I need to know if you can do the basic math. I need to know. Because the basic math is there. The basic math of keeping guys in the block and trusting your receivers to get open or beat these slims and corners, that's the recipe, Dwayne. You did the recipe. You had the biggest play of the night, and you went away from the recipe. Why? Explain it to me like I'm a fifth grader. Because I'm doing the Johnny has five apples, and I'm not seeing how you got the answer that you got. With that being said, there's still a lot of season left. And like I said, we're going to talk about Florida State going forward for the rest of the week, all right? I'm gonna have uh, I'm gonna have my my main man Drizzy Drake on as well uh, of Locked On Nose Podcast Friday uh, for us to to preview the game and talk about what we gonna what we think is gonna happen together. We'll see, we'll see because this is two teams back to back where Wake Forest is giving us the recipe, but let's see if we decide the recipe that they got ain't good enough again. Thank y'all so very much for uh, coming out and and let me talk to y'all real quick about this. Even in this moment of darkness for NC State, I got a text from Zach Blackerby of Locked On Network, uh, Podcast Network, saying that last month was my most listened to month ever in the history of Locked On Wolfpack. Wolfpack Nation, I tell y'all all all the time this show is what it is because of you all. That is no lie. That is not a joke. That is not a, uh, you know, that's not me just blowing smoke. I am deeply, deeply, deeply appreciative of y'all showing up and, and listening to me, you know, and, and today's day and age, it's, it's really easy to get caught in the idea of like, oh, I don't have a thousand listeners. I don't have a million listeners. I'm not doing enough. Let me tell you something. I look at it as if each and every one of y'all are, you know, friends coming by to hear me talk about this. And if there were hundreds of people sitting in my living room uh, that wanted to hear me talk about um, NC State sports every day, I'd be elated to to realize that so thank you all for letting me into your living rooms and in your cars on your walks and, and workouts and whatnot whenever you listen to me thank you i genuinely from the bottom of my heart appreciate it peace and love y'all and as always go pack you are locked on wolf pack your daily podcast on the nc state wolf pack Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.